Welcome back to Chewing the Cud at Holton Farms. I'm Leah Griffiths. And I'm Karen Holton. You join us for part two of Careers, Cows and Corpses, our perspective on the farming industry. In part one, we talked all about our journey into farming through education and how we're here to challenge those myths. Farming and the agricultural sectors offer diverse opportunities and it's through education, upskilling and technology that the future lies. And we all have to embrace and celebrate this. If you haven't listened yet, please do go back an episode. In part two, we're talking cows and corpses. That's because we had plenty to say in part one. So we've had to split it into two. Um, Cows, without them, there would be no Holton Farms. Uh, They are why we are all here and they should be respected and treated as such. They are number one in our business. And finally, corpses. Um, This is part of a business I don't have a problem with. So in our industry, um, we don't kind of remove the deadwood sometimes. And it's a topic I'm always challenged with and at conferences and events. And when people come on farm, they always want to talk about um, staffing and and how we get rid of the bad people. Um, So if we don't have a team member who works as part of our business, who farms part of the team, um, who can't embrace the changes in the industry and above all respect our beautiful gorgeous cows then they definitely have to be removed tales from our happy herd and the secrets behind an award-winning farm in this business me personally i've got a golden rule that no matter which part of this business you work in you have to have passion for cows because that's what we do we're a dairy farm and we milk cows so you've got to have If you haven't got the passion, you've at least got to have a huge respect for them. So most of us that work with them, and especially the ones like you and I, Mm -hmm. we're on the ground working with the calves. We work with the cows a lot. And we've got people in the parlor working with the cows. And they've got to have that respect. Um, Most of us have respect, passion and love for them. But I have to appreciate that if you drive tractors... And your passion is machinery, it might not be passion or you might not love cows. Mm. But again, you've got to have respect for them um, and understand that they pay you wages. Yeah. So we see our cows and this is sort of a culture I've always tried to, to have is that our cows are our work colleagues. They're not our slaves and we work together with them. So mm-hmm. they're an equal. And probably I would say that's my number one rule when I'm recruiting somebody or if I'm interviewing somebody. And if I don't get that feeling, and especially if I'm looking, somebody comes looking around because they want to work with cows or they say they want a milking job. And then as I'm walking around the farm, they're staring at the tractors and the machinery. And then they start asking me questions about machinery. Then for me, it's a massive no-no and they don't usually get on farm um, unless I've got a job on machinery, which isn't very often. Mm. Um, So, you know, I'd, If they've got that passion to start with or respect for a cow, the rest will probably fall into place. Um, I'd also, and I don't know, you might think differently about this because you have to train people, probably like I do, but you probably do a bit more of it. Well, a lot more of it nowadays than I do on calves and things. Um, So personally, I prefer people to have little or no experience because I think... Um, for me, it's easier to train somebody than it is to untrain them. Mm-hmm. I remember somebody saying that a long time ago. Yeah. And I actually, I really agree with that. So I can get them to work how I want them to work. And within sort of our culture, it's it's easier to do that. Yeah. 
There are times though when experience is needed. So I think very much so like for a herdsman or for like your job, which is head of young stock, then we do need that experience. Um, we had some issues um, probably a year or so ago and a bit before that where we tried to train up some less experienced people. And but so they'd they sort of would work with cows, but they just hadn't got they weren't just that bit old enough to have just had a few more years under the belt just to notice some stuff and just real good experience of cow management and probably spotting problems before they became problems. So it just wasn't there. And that just really dearly cost us because along the way we lost a few cows, which is to try and give somebody experience. It was a price to pay that I just, it's not a price Mm. I want to pay. And it was a, it was a really horrible experience. It was a hard lesson. Um, now we do have a herdsman. We we kind of rolled without one for quite a while and, and we just couldn't in the end, you know, one, I didn't want just anybody, you know, I wanted the right person, um, having to have had to get rid of somebody before because they weren't the right person. And I didn't like the way they treated my cows, um, or some of my people, um, you know, really wanted to make sure we got it right. And so we tried to go without, but we did in the end, we, we've got to have that experience and, you know, really lucky now we've got Gwyn, um, he's got lots of knowledge and passion and experience. So for me, I know now my cows are safe. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, it's hard because yeah. we are responsible for those girls. Yeah. Um, and they do mean a lot to us. Well, they mean the world to us. That's why we're here. We're yeah. all here because of them. Yeah. And well, we're only here because of them, because mm. they afford us to be here. Mm. Um, no, I agree about the sort of training people from scratch. And we've got quite a young team here. And some, a lot of us actually aren't from farming background. So, no. And you say young team though, but do you realise... The oldest is 67. Well, yeah, that's an anomaly. <laughs> that's, I'll tell him that. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. say his name, yeah. um, but I'll tell him that. And then two of us are 54. Well, yeah. Yeah. So that's quite a old. Lot of, yeah. <laughs> a lot of us are from farming. No. And um, I suppose like with Shauna, who's assistant calf rearer, to train her has been great because she has come from um, no knowledge of cows or calves before and like I've done a training plan with her and I've literally been able to do everything from scratch and you then know what you've told them what they're they've got no bad habits I suppose have they either so going forward you it feels good to know that everything they know has come from (laughs) I sound like a big head but it's a good source (laughs) isn't it like it's a good source of knowledge to start with yeah we hope so yeah we hope we do yeah most of what we do well yeah or we we damn well try and do it as excellent as we can yeah so you'd hope we're putting them on the right path but I think the great thing with Shauna was um or is she came from a horsey background so like me she's used to graft yeah so she's used to working in all weathers she's used to no matter what happens even when you're ill you have to get up and feed mm. that horse. Mm. You have to get up and muck it out, you know? And when you're feeling so terrible, that animal relies on you. Mm. So she's got that mindset and she is a grafter. Mm. You know, she'll muck a pen out in those calf pens yeah. way quicker than any of the lads on this farm. Yeah. She's like supersonic at it. Yeah. 
So, you know, she's a good sort of template to start with yeah. anyway, which is great. Yeah. And I'm not from farming and it doesn't matter if you're not, if you like cows and you want to work with cows, then you absolutely can. And there's, like we were saying before, there's a job for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, it is a it is an industry which can... It, it can, when people get into this industry, it's hard to get out. It gets under mm. your skin and it gets in your blood. But I think there's lots of avenues and it's what we talked about before, um, you know, about careers and stuff. There's so many avenues to go down. So even if you come in and like Shauna, okay, she's come into the industry and she's doing really, really well. And she's, you know, she's a great girl. And I think she will She's just got that work ethic and that mindset and you've taught her to take bloods. You know, I don't know. We were speaking to her. Did she think two years ago when she was mucking out stables, she'd ever be doing things like testing mm. total protein in calf blood, you know, to make sure mm. that the calves are healthy. Mm. And I don't know. I doubt she ever no. really did. You know, she probably just thought she'd just always muck out stables. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And I'm not from farming. No. I'm from, um, again, started off in horses. Mm. So maybe the graft side was in me and yeah. the not being bothered about being out in all weathers. I mean, I'd, I actually really like togging up and getting all my jumpers on and my yeah, coats and too. going out in the winter. <laughs> me I too. prefer to work in winter than I would yeah, summer. Absolutely. I hate feeling hot and sweaty. Yeah. There's a few, I've got a few aches and pains now from over the years where I work with racehorses mm. and, you know, I now and again, I'd hit the deck. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, probably hacking out in hailstorms and things like that to keep the horses fit um, probably didn't do me any good. Yeah. And I do feel it a little bit nowadays, um, but that's just by the by. Yeah. I think um, I would, I wouldn't change it for the world. I went into an office situation when I did um, recruitment and I worked in London I worked in Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, and it afforded me lots of nice things and it paid very well. And I climbed the ladder to directorship and that was amazing. But, you know, I sat in a beautiful office in King Street. That was my main office in King Street in Manchester. And it was fabulous, but I always knew it was never going to be forever. Mm -hmm. You know, and Tom and I weren't together then, and but I... I just knew mm. I wasn't always going to do that. Mm. And I didn't, it was just a way, a means to an end. I earned a lot of money and I was independent and it was lovely. But I look back now and people say, oh, do you miss it? And I probably sometimes miss walking down King Street and seeing what the latest fashion is and mm. what's going on and probably going out somewhere really lovely to eat because a new restaurant's opened up. Mm. You know, most nights now I get in and I have cheese and biscuits. <laughs> I can't be bothered. <laughs> Much to Tom's disgust. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, especially if I've done carbs. If you're off or something, yeah. or it's my turn, I'm like, you know, or I'll be in the office till quite late, and then Tom's fallen asleep on the sofa, so he doesn't really care by that point. Um, you know, so but no, I wouldn't swap it for the world. Mm. Absolutely not. Yeah, and and just going back to um, the cows and respecting the cows and things, we have a cream cake Friday, don't we? So yeah. we always um, toast to the cows, don't we? Because that's something that is important that everyone realises that we're here because of the cows. And that's yeah. what 
pays our wages. They pay our wages. Um, it's more than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it is more is. than that. We'd, none of us would be here without them. The team wouldn't be here. The camaraderie, the, camaraderie, the jokes, sometimes the fallouts. There are fallouts when somebody doesn't scrape a yard properly or do mm. a job properly that you rely on them on for. Of course, yeah. people get cold told, you know, yeah, yeah. and that would probably bring me on to the corpses side of things. Oh yeah, go for so it. the corpses. <laughs> the juicy part. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why did I call it corpses? Because sometimes I just have to get rid of people, I suppose. Mm. So as I, as I alluded to earlier about the lack of experience sometimes uh, resulting in us, you know, at that, at that point it resulted in us losing a few cows, which was horrific but sometimes we get it wrong um and some people so I always say they've got to get off the bus or they have to get off the ride um they either don't kind of buy into our ethos and our culture um it just isn't for them so maybe they come into the industry thinking it's going to be something and and it isn't what they're looking for um maybe we didn't do enough to support them I don't know it could be our fault um I'm sure we get it wrong or on occasions, we might have supported them too much. Uh, maybe the responsibilities completely overwhelm them. Mm. You know, we're never going to get it right all of the time, but we have to face up um, to when someone isn't right for us. So I kind of feel we owe that to the cows, especially. But I also owe it to other staff um, because I've got a saying, we wheel them in and we wheel them out. Now, I'm never embarrassed about that. I'm never embarrassed if someone leaves, especially if it's to go on and do bit bigger and better things. You know, I hope we've played a part in giving them pos- positive experience and, you know, skills to help them move on, especially if they've stayed in agriculture, then that's great. It's something, you know, I'm really proud of. You know, you're going to go and you're training at the moment to be a vet. So you're yeah. kind of part-time here now and will be for a while yet. Yeah. Um, and then you'll, you know, in however many, what is it, five years time or something. Yeah. You're going to be a, a vet. Now, mm-hmm. had you have come here and and done what you've done here, would you have taken that no. route? I wouldn't. I don't think I would have had the confidence to. I think being here has given me an enormous amount of confidence wow that's really powerful and that's really powerful for me to Mm. hear because I remember you phoning me up one day and saying no are you about later because I've got something to tell you yeah and I went oh no is everything all right and you went no it's not bad it's good and I got home and said what's up and you were like oh um I've got into I've got into Harper Keel to train to be a vet and I'm like I thought she said this was good this is horrific oh my God, she's going to leave. You know, and it was quite, I was like, okay, great. Because I could see you were quite excited, Mm. but you were also as well, there was a part of your heart that was like, but I don't want to leave. And I remember that. And I remember you saying after, you know, but I am torn because I don't want to leave, but I want to be a vet. Yeah, the opportunity was... And you didn't even think you'd get on that course and you did because you've gone in a bit more as a mature student, haven't you? So you didn't think you were going to. So as much as, you know, my my stomach's sank and probably because I thought I'm rubbish at graphs and Clayton all this day (laughs) who's going to do it if she goes? (laughs) No, no, it's far more than that. Yeah. Um, But, you know, you've got... But I'm so proud that... 
being here was such a positive experience for you that it's given you the confidence to go on. So I've been a catalyst in your life Mm -hmm. that you've come into my business. And although you'll leave it eventually, you're leaving it in a really, really positive way. Yeah, massively. So although we need more people on farm and there's a massive shortage in our industry and stuff, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm. Um, the other part of me, there's shortages in vet industries, you know, yeah. the vets really struggle mm. for good people. And basically if we don't have good vets, mm. then we won't have as many cows because when they're sick, we need a vet. Yeah. So, you know, it's equally important. Yeah. Um, and now I'm just happy that I've managed to <laughs> add to the vet pool. Yeah. It's, just, it's like, Working here, you're an advocate for the animals, aren't you? You're, you know, I'm looking about and I'm making sure the welfare is really good. And that's the same thing that I want to do as a farm vet, because that's ultimately what I'm going to be. And, you know, the the skills and everything I've learned here, like you said, it's a catalyst and it's just opened a massive door that I never thought really I'd ever. Yeah. Which is. Go. No, that's yeah. fantastic. It's yeah. brilliant. You know, I will take that with me when I retire. <laughs> but yeah. likewise, you know, it doesn't always go that well. No. Yours is a success story. Yeah. There's been quite a few along the way. Yeah. Um, but also if people don't get with the program, um, equally, I suppose I'd say proud, but probably I'm not scared to get rid of them. Mm. So some people don't make it with us, mm. um, which is, our choice that they don't you know I always think I've got a duty of care to sort of all of the people who work for me Mm. and if if I'm being seen to be putting up with a slacker or a mickey taker you know or somebody that's not great with the cows or doesn't show that passion towards the cows and respect um then they've got to be removed but what I would say when you do remove them is that I feel that productivity goes up in the team And I think people come together because they sort of go, okay, so we've, okay, she's got rid of that problem for us. So now we need to come together, pick up the slack, Mm -hmm. pick up the work until we get the cover. Yeah. And it's better that we find the right person than just grabbing at people. So it's, it is almost like, you know, the person that was there was causing the problems. I've removed them. So the team sort of goes, thanks for that. We'll take the slack for Mm -hmm. now. Um, I mean, obviously as well, you can't roll like that for a long time because you're putting too much pressure on people. So, and there, you know, there's times when I have got it wrong and I've probably spent way too much time and money on a lost cause. Um, you know, but I go to bed at night and I can sleep because by the time I've offloaded them, I'm pretty competent. I've done everything I can Mm. and I don't know what else to do but then there is a contradictory to that which I saw a gentleman called Sir John Jones talking quite a few years ago and it was something again that AHDB um, do called the Agri-Leader Conference. It's an amazing conference again, some really fabulous speakers so if there is any farming people out there listening that are in um, sort of management positions, especially, or people come and working their way up to that level. If you get an opportunity to go to that conference, do. I think they're having it. Um, the one, next one I know about is in January 24. I think they're holding it in Manchester. Um, they have amazing. So these are like speakers that do like TED Talk stuff. Mm. And, you know, in my old industry, when I did that, 
you know, we would have gone to things like that, but we'd have to for me to spend a couple, send a couple of my consultants on something, it would have been thousands of pounds to do it, mm. you know, and AHDB put this stuff on mm. and it costs nothing like that. Um, but you are listening to people that talk on stages and do TED talks in America, mm. you know, mm. just phenomenal. So yeah. that's really, really worth going to. That's another one, Leah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah that's um, what I've not been to. <laughs> yeah, you've not been to that. I usually go to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I know I've done everything, but going back to Sir John Jones, he spoke at one of these agri-leader conferences and there was something that he said, and he said, they are smart enough if we are good enough. So maybe on a, mm. on occasions we might not be good enough. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. That's something really, mm. I don't know for us to look at, but I think saying that people end up hanging on to people because they're frightened. They're not going to be able to replace them. But sometimes I think in a business, you cause yourself far more problems than than if you get rid of them. Yeah. It's a little bit like um, toothache. So if you've got a toothache, you've got a nagging pain that restricts your food and drink intake. It will then continue to rot your teeth or that tooth continues to rot if you don't remove it. But if you do remove it, either you replace it with a better tooth or the gap naturally fills so the other teeth always move in, don't they? Mm. And I think I I liken that to the team. They'll move in yeah. and pick up that slack. Yeah. But if I leave that bad tooth there or I leave that rotten apple in that cart, the rest of the apples are going to rot. Yeah. That is the problem. That's so good. that's probably, I understand that and I get that. I've done it plenty of times mm. and I've seen a positive result time and time again. Yeah. So I probably feel more confident to do that. But I know there's a massive shortage. There's a massive staffing problem in this industry, but I think there is in a lot of industries now as well. I was listening to somebody on a podcast a little while ago who owned a big international company. And he said, you know, for probably 100% of people, if he takes on people and only sort of 20% work out, he's had a good day, mm. you know? Mm. Tom takes it a lot more personally than yeah. me. So if somebody doesn't work out, he gets really, really personal about it. But it is business and it is people. Mm. And, you know, you can't control people to that level. No. And if they've got other stuff going on and they don't want to be somewhere, you can't make them be somewhere. So, and if it isn't for them, it isn't for them. Mm. We need to understand that. But, mm. and I think, you know, why is that? So I would feel some of that has come from like a more of a historical narrative from schools, probably going yeah. back to what we talked about in careers. You know, when I was starting out, um, agriculture was for the thick kids. Um, I think where it's, you know, it was never viewed as a profession, professional yeah. career. Yeah. And even now I don't think they really talk about just or appreciate how much technology there is in the industry. Nope. Um, I think we're getting more and more removed from the general public. So I think years mm. ago it used to be, you know, somebody would either know a farmer directly or they'd know somebody that knew a farmer. So there would be that connection. Yeah. But I think that's, we're just getting far, far removed from that now. Mm. Um, we're, 
we're doing events, I suppose, to try and engage again. So it's things like we have the milk shack on farm. Mm. So that's the milk vending machine. People can come there and get their own milk, see the cows, the calves and see the farm going on. They can speak to staff. So we're always branded up. So we've always got Holton Farms branded gear on. So they'll know that we're staff. And I always encourage all of you to go and speak to people with a smile on your face and, you know, answer any questions that they they have mm-hmm. um so we've got to do that but then we did open farm sunday this year which was phenomenal with over a thousand people so you know we've got to open the place up and say this is what farming is like and i can't believe the amount of people and there was people that have never been here before mm. just saw it advertised and we didn't really go massive on advertising it but there was a people that came to the milk shack and because they come to the milk shack and see just that yard with the cows and stuff They didn't realise what was behind that. So to get behind it, they were like, I never realised all this was here. I didn't realise you'd got this this machinery. I didn't realise all the cow food you have to have here, which Mm -hmm. was like the silage clamp. So that's the bit where we put the fresh grass in and ferment it. And, you know, I mean, that that clamp's huge, Mm -hmm. you know. We've got a maize one the same and they just didn't know any of that. So again, if we're not showing them... You know, they have the re- people really don't know yeah. what goes on. And then we let them stand in the parlour and watch the cows being milked. You know, there was people stood there for two hours. I couldn't get rid of them because other people wanted to come, you know. Yeah. And then, and also we'd planned on just milking on one half the parlour just for an hour or so for people to look. It ended up we had to do the whole milking on one side of the parlour because that many people wanted to watch all of the time. Yeah. So for me, that that was just amazing. And we'll do it again in 2024. Um, so partly maybe we're as much to blame for part of us, you know, because we don't let people on farm. Cause I think a lot of us are very scared to do that. And yeah. I get why I get yeah. why I will put my neck out there and some people are going to really hate me for this, but there are some farms I don't think people should go on. Yeah. You know, I do think there are some farms that don't set an amazing example. Um, so we wouldn't want people going on them. Yeah. Um, but I think the majority and most then yes you know, please get people on farm and talk to people yeah. and show them what an amazing career it can be. Yeah. Um, I think another problem is, and it's reported quite widely that widely that we have quite, we have a high suicide rate in our industry. I think some of that is down to for those farms where there are, they are quite isolated and it is a loneliness thing sometimes. Um, I think we've got a poor health and safety record. Mm. I think that's because, and I know the industry is changing and we're going to get pushed more by the health and safety executive to become compliant. I think there's a part of that and a large part of it is we end up just doing jobs ourselves. And some of that is because we do it on the cheap rather than getting the professionals in. At the moment, for instance, the milk price does not pay um, for us to be getting people in to do roofing jobs when if we can manage it, we manage it. It's not always great. And um, there's lots of jobs around here that really, you know, even when a, something goes wrong on a tractor and everybody's really busy, it'd be great to say, I'll just get the mechanic in, but we don't even do that. We try and do everything ourselves because we just don't want another bill. And that can lead to, you know, I unfortunately, um, married probably the most accident pr- prone man in Cheshire, Farmer Tom. <laughs> so like yesterday, for instance, you know, we were bedding up um, some calf pens and the gutter down the middle of the shed roof was leaking in. It had got one hole. So 
I said to him, we need to sort this before we rebed it up now because it's the rain's coming down. So he gets his ladders out, puts them up. Next minute, the ladders have fallen onto it just as he was about to climb on them, you know, and I'm like, well, I'll hold them. Just get on them. So he gets up and then next minute he fixes that patch and it starts leaking somewhere else. We ended up with six places where he fixed patches onto. It was actually like, do you remember some, I don't know if you remember this, some mothers do have them. A Frank Spencer sketch. It was like some Frank Spencer. Honestly, there was ladders flying everywhere. There was like, he'd fix one bit. Then he had his drill out fixed. Next minute, there was another hole coming through. And I was like, all I wanted was just that bit of gutter fixing. And it, but it's the problem is it's like a square metal gutter thing between two sheds. And it's not that easy to replace. It's not like you're replacing a plastic gutter. It really isn't. But my thing was, I was like, We've had this light now. It's been up here 20 years. It's obviously failing. Can we not just get a new gutter? And he's like, do you not realise, woman, how much a new gutter would be? You know, we just haven't got the money at the moment to get a new gutter. No, so what we'll do instead is risk your neck on a pair of ladders. (laughs) Soaking my calves through. I'd got buckets underneath all these, you know. It was was like such a sketch from from a film that I thought, you know, there'll be thousands of us up and down the country doing this. Because it's just, we can't just get people in. And that's really sad. But, and that's sometimes how a lot of us roll. Mm. And that might put a lot of people off. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it it possibly could. Yeah. I suppose as well, like you, you want to show all the good sides of farming, don't you? Because that's, it's like anything on social media, you know, you want to show the good sides of your life. You're never really going to share the bad, are you? But I think it's good also to show people the things when they don't go so well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And talk about things like, yeah. so I'll talk about, you know, we did lose some cows yeah. because somebody wasn't at that point able to cope with the level of what we needed from them probably, yeah. Yeah. you know, and that's partly our bad. Um, they had a part to play as well. We both did, but mm. you know, that cost us dearly. I don't ever want to do that again. No. So we do get it wrong. Mm. Lesson but we need learned. to talk about that. Yeah. Good. I'm, I don't know if you remember when I interviewed you, you probably don't. And I, but I do it with a lot of people <laughs> when they come for an interview, I never sell the job in a good place. I tell them the bad bits. Yeah. So I tell them about the early starts, yeah, the long hours, the cold that. weather, the, you know, I tell them all of those things. Sometimes when a calf is born, it will die or it's born dead happens in people mm. we have still stillbirths we have abortions we have the same things in cows mm. and they're all things we have to deal with every day yep. so I will sell them that and if they're still interested <laughs> you're doing well <laughs> you're doing well you might be able to work here but yeah. I never feel then when they get here that I lied to them yeah so when it is cold and horrible and they moan about it I'm like but I told you that yeah yeah you know and you still wanted the job yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know. Um, I would finish for me. Mm. Um, I do think um, farming has over years been put in a bad light. I think it still does get that, but we get that probably from the animal rights people, Mm. um, from vegans. We get battered quite a lot. A lot of that is, it really is misinformation. Yeah. Um, Although I can't prove it doesn't go on on some places. Okay. All I can do is tell you, I definitely don't do some of those things here that people try and say that all farmers do. Yeah. I know a lot of my fellow farmers that I admire and respect and work very closely with 
um, definitely don't do those sort mm. of things. And all they do is have a lot of love and passion for their animals and for the job that they do. They actually do this job in these weathers with little return, mm. even though everybody thinks farmers are loaded. A lot of us really, really aren't. Um, they do it because they love what they do. Mm. They love and respect their animals, but they actually want to feed the country. Mm. They actually love the fact that they produce food that feeds people. Yeah. And I want to probably do something. I want to do another podcast session on food security. Yeah. I think it's really important we start to feed, to talk about that a lot more because I think it's going to become something really big. Um, and I think it really needs talking about. So we're going to do a session on that yeah. um, soon. Uh, but I would round up with saying happy staff equal happy cows, which also equals healthy cows. But more than anything, it equals a happy farmer's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this mini series. I hope it's given you a better insight into modern day farming and it may have raised some questions or sparked an interest in finding out more. Our farm's an open farm and on site we've got the milk shack selling our happy cows delicious milk. Any of our team will happily talk to you and answer any questions that you might have. However, if you're not local and you would like to get in touch to ask any questions about the farm or topics that we've discussed on the podcast, then please do email us at freshmilk at haltonfarms.com. We Are Social Cows was set up as one of our core goals to share information through social media and now through this podcast. You can find all the details on the episode page of how to follow us. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. And also we can then carry on chewing the cud at Holton Farms. Chewing the Cud at Halton Farms has been brought to you by me, Leah Griffiths, and me, Karen Halton. <laughs> <laughs>